Hello my friend, it is your brother Hampton from Hybrid Calisthenics. Welcome back to another episode of Coffee with Hampton where I sit down and have a cup of coffee while I share some thoughts. I want to reiterate every few episodes, I know some of you have heard this before, that I don't claim to be an expert on these topics. These are just things that people ask me, sometimes very frequently, and I'm just happy to share my thoughts and my experiences and all the mistakes that I've made and hopefully some people can benefit from those mistakes that I've made. Today's topic is about stress. It's a very commonly asked question. In fact, one of my most most viewed videos uh, when I was starting YouTube was, I believe, one on in boosting your immune system, how to avoid getting sick. And the last thing that I mentioned at the very end was, oh, by the way, if you reduce stress, uh, you're less likely to get sick. And um, <laughs> some people who, some people jokingly said, well, that's really easy. Oh, I'll just stop being stressed then. Hampton, gee, thank you. And I mean, that was a short video and it was about boosting your immune system and it was very important. I had less than one minute to get all my points across, but I recognize that it's not something that's very easy. Some people struggle with dealing with stress and some people have a follow-up question is, Hampton, you seem so relaxed during your videos. Do you ever feel stress? And yeah, I, I do. I, have a, I do a lot of different things. My chief goal, especially things with hybrid calisthenics and online, is probably to build community. But obviously, yes, when I'm sitting here and I'm doing Coffee with Hampton, which is one of my favorite series to do uh, for my content, and I'm having a drink and I'm sitting here and it's a nice day outside, yeah, I seem very peaceful. And I usually am happier when I'm doing videos, but I just want to give people a clear impression that's not how I am all the time. Now, I don't have a specific persona that I adopt just to be on camera. I am, I, you can ask some people who know me in person, I'm not someone who is just very angry, um, always very chaotic, easily freaks out over things and very angry towards other people. I don't believe I am that way. However, I would say that I'm not always the way I appear on camera simply because people aren't always how they appear at work. You ha you're, you're different when you're talking to your family and when you're talking to your best friend, when you're talking to your significant other, when you're talking to your coworkers. So it's similar to that. When I'm talking with the camera here, I think of myself as talking with the community. And really, I just focus on trying to help people and that usually puts me in a happy, calm state. So while I'm not stressed on camera pretty usually, I, I do feel stressed and it's something I've dealt with. So hopefully this is something that can help you. And this is actually a good time to do the video because I've recently, in the past few weeks, it's kind of faded now, I have felt more stress than I usually do. And I thought a while, because I've been asked this a while, I've been thinking for a while about why I felt more stressed, why I, did, I wasn't as calm and at peace as I usually am. And, and there's a lot of different causes for stress. I'm sure you can look up what causes stress and you can find a long list of reasons. But just in my regard, most, if not all of my stress, comes from when I am uncertain of an outcome. When I have doubt and uncertainty, that usually leads to stress because if it's something that I'm very used to, if I am just going to walk over to the door and open the door, I don't feel much stress about that because I kind of know how it'll go. And I don't mean to say that it's things that I can't do that stress me out. For example, if I walk out onto this porch and I just kind of go like this, 
and I try to fly and I can't fly, it doesn't stress me out because I know I can't do that. So I try to narrow down the source of most of my stress and it mostly comes from doubt and uncertainty. And also when I try to control things that I don't have control over or don't have as much control over as I think or would like to. So knowing this, we have a pretty easy answer, which is just to control everything you can and avoid uncertainty. Just be certain about everything in life and you won't ever feel stressed. So I hope that helps you out. Have a beautiful day. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, of course, most things in life, we will find that we can't control sometimes even if we would like to. Most things are probably out of our control. When we think about society, the world, the universe, um, the economy, ecology, the environment, most things are out of our individual con control. Sometimes we as a society, if everyone wants to do something, we can have more control over things. But when it comes down to our own individual person, there's sometimes not a whole lot we can do even if we would like to. So for me, a very important aspect of managing my own stress is to recognize and accept that there are things in my life that I can't control and to plan accordingly around that. An example that I thought of and I would like to use now is an exam or a test. Many of you watching this are students or have been students in the past, at least to some degree. And many students have some experience of having this test or an exam that, oh, I just cannot fail this. Like whether it would tank your GPA or it would ruin a scholarship or your parents would be disappointed. But there's, for some reason, you're like, well, I just can't fail this test. I can't fail it. I have to study for it. I, ha I just cannot fail it. And usually you feel pretty stressed about that. And I think part of that is because there is a chance you can fail. You're telling yourself you can't fail and you, you, you won't plan for failure. There's no, there's, you won't even look at that possibility. You're just going to do whatever you can to pass the test and do as great as you can. But I think some of you watching this will be like, I think you'll have the experience, unfortunately, that you thought that way and you did everything you could, but you still failed the test. So my point is that knowing there's a possibility that we might fail at whatever it is we're trying to do, why not have some kind of plan for that contingency for if that happens? This kind of goes against what some people say in the sense that they say, well, you don't want to plan for failure. Just go eye on the prize. Don't think of anything else. Tunnel vision. And I kind of understand that too, because some people also overthink and they get paralyzed with fear. But for me, and in my opinion, if we have some kind of recognition of reality, because reality is that there's a chance for almost anything that we might fail at it. However, however competent and experienced we are, most of us are very experienced with walking or sleeping. Sometimes we can't sleep. Sometimes we trip. Sometimes, or however we're traveling around, we might have some kind of blunder. So there's always a possibility, usually a possibility, that we might fail. So we might as well plan around that. And I've noticed that when you recognize this, at least for me, some stress goes away almost immediately because I found that when I don't plan for a contingency, when I think, well, there's just absolutely no way I can fail at this. This is so important that I, I have to succeed. I have to do this, that it builds up a tremendous amount of pressure in my mind because again, I'm asking my body to do something that I don't know for sure that it can do. There's again, there's always different possibilities that may happen and a test, an exam in school, you may have found that however stressed you were about it, it 
probably wasn't the end of the world for you. You probably found, especially if it's been several years, that it wasn't the end of the world and your parents, you know, didn't disown you or they, they still, they're still around or even if they did disown you, your life continues on and that test probably isn't that big, as big a part of your life. A lot of people who are concerned about their GPA after school, I'm not saying grades aren't important, after school, they don't really think about it anymore. It wasn't as big of a deal. Um, so because it wasn't as big as you think and when you start to think, what happens if I fail? And it might be something pretty bad. It might be pretty something. It might be something pretty bad at first. Um, what will you do then? And I brought up the idea that a test, an exam, is relatively low consequence compared to some of the things we might face in life. A relatively serious thing that was causing me a lot of stress a few years ago was I wanted to save someone. I wanted to save a family member, and just because of the people around me, it, it, the way it was built up was I cannot fail at saving them. I cannot fail at saving them. I have to succeed. I have to help them. And as it turned out, I couldn't. As it turned out, I couldn't. Someone I, I loved, um, I could not save and help as much as I wanted. And so even with my eye on the prize and tunnel vision and only thinking about success, I was not able to achieve my goal. And I was, I'm pretty dedicated. <laughs> I'm pretty dedicated. When I get on something, I really want to go for it. But I think the recognition, just the acceptance, that some things are out of our control. And when we plan for, if we fail, if we fail whatever it is we're trying to do, what will we do then? I think sometimes we recognize that what happens afterwards is not, not as bad as we think. And even if it is pretty bad, we will feel more at solace knowing that we have some way to some exit route. And we will be more prepared for that possibility however slight it is. Now, an important thing I want to add is that I'm always kind of careful when I tell people we don't have control over most things. I find it to be true, yes, on a cosmic scale, like we can't really control where Jupiter is, but <laughs> I don't want to give people the impression that, oh, everything is just up to chance, so why even try? Why even do anything if you have no control over anything? I'm not saying you have no control over anything, because the things we do have control over usually have a a pretty big impact on our life and if we succeed at some of the things we're trying to do we can have a pretty big impact relatively on human society um, just imagine think of the inventors uh, who brought very important inventions like the internet electricity um, farming practices that kind of feed everyone right now so certainly things you do and things you pursue if you want to study and research and release inventions that can help mankind or if you have some kind of message or a mission that you want to deliver to as many people as possible, you have the possibility of impacting and potentially helping a lot of people. So yes, on a cosmic scale, we don't have much control, but we should probably still try to organize our lives and take steps towards our goals. Moving forward, if we know that we have control over some things in our life, what should we do? Because in fact, sometimes we are aware that we are in control of some things, and that is what gives us stress because we are painfully aware that we are responsible and accountable for something. This is a health and fitness channel, so a lot of people feel stress over their own health because, yes, I know genetics and you know our circumstances, our finances sometimes play a role in how healthy and how much time we have for fitness, but I think most people recognize that to some degree they do have some control over their own fitness, and that stresses them out. They're like, well, every time they see a healthy person on TV or if they see someone who's very lean or a bodybuilder who's muscular, like, oh, 
I, I should be like that, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't exercise, or I had that chocolate cake this morning. Oh, oh, oh no. So uh, sometimes it is the things that we have control over that stress us out because we know that we are not exercising our proper control. Thankfully, for this, I don't know if it's something that works for everyone, but this is something that I found really, really helps me, and is a very simple solution, and that is to embrace some kind of system. Or some kind of process that incorporates that goal. For example, um, most people, their lives aren't dedicated to their dental health. Like their ambitions are not to be have the, like the healthiest teeth in the world. Although, if that's you, let me know in the comments below. I'm it's pretty, it's, that's a pretty cool goal. Most people they don't revolve their ambitions around that. Yet, yet most people probably brush their teeth, or at least they agree they should brush their teeth every night. That's part of their process because it's part of something they do care about. Because I think most people recognize that even if dental health isn't your primary goal, it is something you still should care about, or something that will become a problem if you neglect it entirely. Same with almost anything. So what I do is I take this principle from my teeth and uh, brushing my teeth, and I try to apply it to other things in my life. What else do I care about? For example, if I were starting fitness and I'm like, well, you know, I, I, I do want to be better at push-ups, even if it's, even if I don't really care about fitness or calisthenics or push-ups at all, I think, well, I, I, I do think I should have some kind of fitness plan. Well, <laughs> that's why I've talked about why you, we shouldn't always just rely on motivation to do what we want. Sometimes if we have a routine and a schedule, we will have some solace in knowing that we're following it. So instead of being stressed when you see a healthy or athletic person on TV and you think, oh, well, I haven't exercised in a while, if you embrace some kind of routine, for example, push-ups and leg raises on Monday, pull-ups and squats on Wednesday, and bridges and twists on Friday, if you know you're doing that and it's a routine that you incorporate into your weekly routine, then you won't feel as stressed because you'll see that healthy person, you'll see that athletic person, and you will think, Oh, well, I already have something that's going towards that. I have something that I'm building on week after week, month after month. An analogy that might work for some people is putting $5 in the bank. That's not a whole lot, but you have some idea, some measure, some process of building up stuff in your bank, which is something that some people do want. And the process doesn't have to be ideal. That routine that I just mentioned, that is on my website, hybridcalisthenics.com routine. It's completely free. You don't have to sign up for anything. It's just there if you want to check it out. And one of the things some people say is, I don't feel like there's enough volume. Or what about lunges? What about deadlifts? And yeah, you can add stuff to that, I think. The reason why I made the routines that way is I, and I'll, I'll update it soon to make this more clear, is first of all, that is something that I followed, but whenever, you want to add more, you can. If you want to add hill sprints, deadlifts, or you want to do some weightlifting and you want to add it to that routine, that's fine. But if you have a routine, then you can scale it as you see fit. When you have more time or when fitness, in this case, becomes more of a priority in your life, you can do more, you can add more. Instead of 15 minutes every three times a week, 15 minutes three times a week, you could do it an hour a day when you're really feeling it. And on the other hand, if you decide you don't really care, then you can just stick to the bare minimum, something that will either maintain or improve you over time, just like the 15 minutes on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. This also is something that we can compare to our dental health because most people will probably brush their teeth at least once a day. I know not everyone does, and if you have some, some reason not to, I'm not trying to call you out for it. But most people probably brush their teeth 
around once a day. Now they know, or at least they've heard, that if you want ideal teeth, if you really want your teeth to be healthy, then you would also floss. Um, I think I've heard like two or three times a day, sometimes I hear more, and you should also brush after every meal. I don't know anybody who does that. <laughs> I don't know anybody who brushes after every meal. I'm sure some of, some of you do, let me know in the comments. But I don't personally have a friend who every time we go out and eat lunch, they have a toothbrush with them and they go, hang on, hang on. And they go in, into the restroom and they brush their teeth or however that happens, I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure where you would do that if you're eating out because it seems kind of odd if you're someone who is uh, very strict about brushing their teeth after every meal. If you're eating, you don't just go into the restroom and brush your teeth, right? Or you don't have, some, I don't know, maybe you can have some kind of rinse in the car. If that's something you do, let me know in the comments because now I'm curious. But my whole point of that is that if we embrace a routine, then we will be less stressed because we will have the peace of mind of knowing that when we are in the planning stages of our lives, when like in the morning or whenever, when we think about something we care about, that we have some kind of process going on that takes care of that. So if you want to save up, if you're, if you're a kid or however much, then you know that you're putting some money in your bank and you know that's growing. If you want to be fit, then you know it's like, okay, okay, well, I know I'm exercising three times a week. And you brush your teeth once a day. Now, the second aspect of that is that your routine and your process is scalable in almost all examples. When you're saving money in the bank, I think I said $5 a week to start off with. If you suddenly have a promotion or you're making some more money, you can be like, oh, well, I'll start putting $10 a week into my bank account. These are just examples. And for your fitness, instead of working out three times a week, you can work out five times a week, six times a week. Or if it's something that you really enjoy doing, you can exercise every day if you choose. And we've already talked about how most people have a baseline of brushing their teeth at least once a day, but some people do a lot more. A very important aspect of this is to keep the core part of your routine and your process realistic. Sometimes when we feel like we've fallen behind on something, we will make, we will try to incorporate a routine that's not feasible for us to follow long term. For example, a lot of people, when they feel out of shape or they know they've been sedentary for a while and they haven't been doing the exercises that they feel like they should have, sometimes they will give themselves, they'll come to me and they'll say, well, I'm doing, I'm going to do a thousand push-ups a day, a thousand pull-ups a day, and a thousand sit-ups a day, and I'm going to be very shredded by you know, two or three weeks from now, right? Right, right Hampton? <laughs> and and uh, one of the things I say is like, well, you might want to slow down because you haven't done anything for five or six years and suddenly you're going to do like quite a bit more than I do even. And you may hurt yourself and burn yourself out. I, this is something that I'm also somewhat guilty of. One of the things that I just found was causing me stress was a lot of unanswered messages. It's funny because a lot of people kind of get this dopamine rush when they see a... Uh, social media notification when they see a message and that's part of what draws people to social media <laughs> but it's something that stresses me out because every message I get is a question or something that I want to answer sometimes it's someone who needs a lot of help but sometimes I get so many of those on certain days that I I can't answer all of them and because I can't I have this large reserve of emails and messages that I mean to answer and I want to answer at some point in my life in my career but I haven't gotten to. And I realized that was causing me a lot of stress because every time I see a notification, it would kind of, I, I, I felt a little bit less peaceful. So I sat down and I started to do a routine that I wanted to do. And that was to answer a hundred or 200 messages a day. And I found out this, this was 
unrealistic for me. And this was not something that I could follow every day, at least not now, at least not now. Because if I start with a core of doing five or 10 a day and answer those messages, then on the days where I feel really good, then I can be like, oh yeah, I'll do 50, 60, 70, 100. I mean, I think there are some days where I've done several hundred. I just haven't done them every day in a row. So this is one of the reasons why my fitness routine is relatively simple because I found that working those push-ups and pull-ups once or twice a week, you can make progress over the long term. Now, if you get really high end, if you get really high level and you wanna do more, if you wanna work, work on your endurance, there are more things you can do. But I try to keep that core there just so you can maintain and improve over time. So with this, with my messages, what I found was because my because my routine that I planned was unrealistic, I ended up not sticking to it. So a lot of you will probably relate to this. Sometimes you plan a fitness routine that's not something you can stick to. If you say you wanna run five miles a day and do a thousand pushups, and you do that maybe, let's say you do it for a week, every day for a week, and then you're just so exhausted on the eighth day, you're like, ah, I, I, I'm, I think I'm gonna skip a day, and that day becomes two days or three days. It was very similar for me, and I'm thriving a lot better now knowing that I have a more realistic routine that I can add to when I feel like it. So have a routine, recognize that routine is scalable and keep the core part of that scale realistic. Keep it something that you know you can do for several months, if not several years. An easy, simple tip you can try every day is to write down the seven most important things for you to do and then aim to do the top three. The rest is a bonus. So just to summarize what I've talked about in this video so far is one, there are some things in life that we can't control and we should accept that and plan accordingly and this can help reduce our stress. The second thing is there are things in our life that we can control and we should have a process and a routine that builds around that so we can maintain and improve over time. The third aspect that I want to mention is probably the simplest one. It won't take very long to cover and that is just to have some forgiveness for yourself. Have some tolerance for yourself when you misidentify what you can't and can control. Because there are some things that we get wrong. Sometimes we think we can control something and we can't. Sometimes I think, for example, that I can finish a video before the sun starts to set. But I mean, now I realize that I can't, though I do think I'll be able to finish before it gets completely dark. So I'm gonna call that a major win for today. But sometimes we think we can control something and we can't. And sometimes, we think we can't control something and we can. And this can also be a source of stress and also a source of self-improvement. Because I mentioned earlier in the video that I was feeling some stress over not being able to save someone that I wanted to save. However, in the, in the past, the dog I had before this one uh, was a German Shepherd. And towards the end of his life, he went missing for about three days. And we've had dogs do this before. He, just, they, he, he escaped and ran off, which is kind of unusual for him. And he just didn't come home. And at the time, I remember thinking, well, he probably isn't going to come back. And the idea that he could be out there somewhere and I should just keep looking was stressing me out. So I retreated in this mindset of he probably isn't going to come back. And I felt sad about that. I wrote down some things. I, I, he, he was a dog that I had for many, many years and I loved him. But my dad did not accept that. He said that, no, uh, I will find him. He, he's out there, he's out there. And he found him, and he found him. Three days later, um, he found him, and he was, he was, um, 
he was not in good shape, but he made a full recovery from, from him being lost. And I always remember that. I always remember that I don't want to try to control things that I can't control, but I also don't want to be so easy to give up on things that if it's starting to stress me out even a little bit, I'm like, well, I have no control over it. I just won't, I won't deal with it. I won't even try. Because if my dad had not gone and had that pursuit of trying and looking and looking and looking and looking, I don't know that our dog could have made it back at the time. So that's something I do remember. It's probably more common that we think we have control when we really don't, but sometimes we think we don't have control when we really do. And I find that as we go through life, through trial and error, we'll be better at learning to identify the difference between the two. And as we're going through this learning process of learning to identify when we can control things and we can't control things, we should try to be a little bit more tolerant and forgiving of ourselves because sometimes we are very hard on ourselves and very unkind to ourselves when we get something wrong, when really sometimes we didn't know better. Sometimes we didn't know better or we kind of knew, but this really cemented it. So that is my final bit of personal advice that I've learned is not to be too hard on yourself when you make a mistake, either in this or something else, because that can also be a source of stress. Well, my friend, that is what I had to say on stress and anxiety. I really hope it can help you out. I'm pretty happy that I got it done while the sun is still somewhat up because when I got home today and I started to do the video, it was almost sunset and I didn't have a lot of time. So I'm pretty happy that I got this done. Hey, before I sign off, I just want to give a little bit of attention to my shirt that I'm wearing here. This is one of the Have a Beautiful Day designs that I made myself. These flowers are lilies and my mother's name was Lily. She passed away in April of 2020. I made the shirt to honor her. So this is Lily's design. 10% of profits from the shirt will go to charity. I'll leave a link in the description if you're interested. Thank you so much. But beyond that, thank you so much for watching and sticking with me all this time. I really hope this video can help some of you. Have a beautiful day, my friend.